Welcome to Relationships as Spiritual Practice, Bridging the Secular and Spiritual, with your host, Lachelle Lochardet, founder of Mindful Compassionate Dialogue and Wiseheart PDX. In this episode, Lachelle talks about transformation and gives three categories to support remembering who you really are and what you care about moment after moment, and in the midst of challenge. Hello, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being on this journey with me, discovering what it means to live your relationships from a place of spiritual practice. Hmm. What does it mean to interact moment by moment from this larger perspective beyond a given interaction or a given feeling or event. Today I want to talk about transformation and the foundation of transformation. I really like looking at What's the base? What's at the bottom of any given process of our own growth and transformation? And today I want to name this idea that at the bottom of your desire to transform yourself or a given relationship is a desire to trust that you can stay grounded in your authentic self. Oof, lots of words. What the heck does that even mean, stay grounded in your authentic self? One thing I don't enjoy is a bunch of jargon that doesn't immediately portray meaning. So I'm going to try to avoid that kind of thing in our podcast together, in our series together. When I say you want to stay grounded in your authentic self, what I mean is in any given moment of challenge, you want to stay in contact with what you care about most. And I think for most of us, no, I don't think for most of us. I think for every human being, what we care about most is staying connected to our hearts, to a sense of kindness, to a sense of care. Whatever direction that care is going towards yourself or towards someone else in a given moment, sense of reverence for life. I believe we're most satisfied and we're thriving when we're living from that care and reverence for life. You want to stand fully in the truth of who you are, no matter what's happening. The truth that you are a great and powerful spirit made of love, living this human adventure for the purpose of learning and growing and enjoying. So the central question then of transformation is, how can you do that? How do you remember 
in the face of the biggest challenges, who you really are and what you care about. When we think of some of our greatest heroes throughout history, Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, it's easy to see how they had this capacity to remember who they are in the midst of incredible challenge. And I believe that's why they inspire us, because that's what we most deeply want, to remember who we are, moment after moment. And so the next big question then is, what are those things that support us most in staying grounded in ourselves, not abandoning our deepest desire to love and live from joy? I propose three things, or three categories of things. The first is acceptance and security. The next is becoming ever more aware of the causes of suffering. And the third is a particular set of strategies and skills. Let's talk about those in order. Acceptance and security. When you're noticing that you want to change something and it's not changing, or you notice someone else in your life in a relationship and you think, I have asked this person to change this behavior or way of seeing me or way of talking to me, and they just won't do it. And then you make meaning about that. Oh, they're not willing. Or they don't love me enough. Or they don't care. Or they're so immature, right? Or a whole, a whole bunch of judgments start to come up, of which there are many that we could name. In that moment, I propose to you that what's actually happening that's blocking change at the foundation is a lack of acceptance and security. And by acceptance, of course, I don't mean agreement. I don't mean approval. I mean this very basic willingness to say, ah, this is what's happening. This is the challenge. This is what's going on inside of you in a given moment. And I can be with that. I can notice it. I can be with that without tensing up, without judging, without pushing away, without grabbing for something different. Whether that's inside yourself or with something happening in someone else. Transformation requires a critical mass of acceptance. It's, you can imagine it like a platform. If you're on an icy lake and you're trying to make progress, you're trying to go a particular direction, but your feet are sliding out from under you, slipping, 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 
You can't move a particular direction. You just kind of stay stuck in that spot on the lake. So acceptance is like a firm ground under your feet that you can push off of and move in a particular direction. Security, this sense that not that everything will be okay, perhaps that's, that's aiming a little too high, but this most basic sense like I can take a risk and know I'm okay. I might have some pain, disappointment, frustration, unpleasant experiences, but when I know I can take a risk and basically be okay, that's security. And that's a firm ground from which you can push off on, from which you can take the next step and take a risk. So my invitation is for you to hold this with you anytime you're frustrated with yourself for not making a change or you're frustrated with someone else for not changing, that you take this bigger view and ask the question, ah, if change isn't accessible, how can I contribute to a greater sense of acceptance and security. What kind of support is necessary to create the felt sense of acceptance and security? There might be internal supports necessary on any plane of experience, physical, emotional, mental, energetic. Maybe you need more sleep. Maybe you need more empathy from yourself and someone else. Maybe you need more leafy greens. That's kind of a big deal here in Portland, Oregon, leafy greens <laughs> as a source of energy. Maybe Qigong would help as a source of energy or moving your energy. Right? Your energy gets stuck. It needs some form of movement to keep it fresh and alive. Maybe you need a change of environment. And environments have a certain kind of energy that can block us becoming resourced in any particular way or particularly around acceptance and security. Our physical environments, our emotional, social environments may not be supporting us in creating that firm ground we need to make a change. Acceptance and security is the ground we need to transform. The second thing to consider in the process of transformation at a foundational level is becoming aware of the causes of suffering of which there are many. I propose there's one in particular that's most important to track, that's the most pervasive cause of suffering. 
And that is resistance. In a moment when someone cuts you off in traffic, you're driving your car or riding your bike, or even if you're walking, and you startle. And in that moment, there's a human response, a fear response. It's natural, if you're going fast in particularly. But in the next moment, there might be resistance to having had that experience or that people aren't paying attention. That person was reading their phone as they were driving or some angry rants erupts from you. It's an example of resistance. So, those little eruptions of anger or irritation, that's just be a part of being human. What I propose to you is to notice them and as quickly as you can to say, oh, yeah, there's anger, there's irritation. Oh, I know that's a form of resistance and it's creating more suffering for me. My friend, my good friend, trainer friend in Argentina, Fer Mateo says, thoughts of anger and attack for others attack my peace. My thoughts of attack attack my peace. And the more clearly you're aware of that, the more natural and easy it is to say, ah, I want to just let go of that anger and come back to, that was scary. Maybe you feel a little grief. I feel a little grief that we're not caring for each other, that people are willing to look at their phone while they're driving. Oh, I feel grief about that lack of care. Grief is a gateway to acceptance. Coming back to the first one. So resistance. Resistance shows up in the form of anger, tension, shutdown, judgment. Resistance has many forms. As you decide to become ever more aware of the causes of suffering, you would probably look at a lot of different kinds of experience. You might look at limiting beliefs. In the world of body-centered therapy, we use the term core limiting belief. For those beliefs that were formed when you were probably in your childhood and you were having a limiting experience, and you didn't have a big perspective of what life could be yet, and you didn't have a big toolbox or set of skills to meet that limiting experience. So naturally, in order to adapt, you formed beliefs that would help you navigate the world as you were perceiving it at the time. And we call those core limiting beliefs. And they're very, very predictable relative to particular stages of development. I'll name a few here to give you a sense of this particular cause of suffering called core limiting beliefs. I don't belong. 
I'm on the wrong planet. I'll never get the support I need. I can only rely on myself. I'm all alone in the world. People will always betray me. At my core, I'm worthless. I'm not good. I'm bad. I don't get to choose. I have to endure others' pressure on me. I can either have relationships or autonomy, but not both. I'll always be rejected. I have to earn love. I have to earn my place with others. Oof, those are kind of intense, right? If you're not multitasking, if you're listening closely, I'm guessing one or more of those beliefs hit home with you as something that operates in your consciousness. Not all the time, but at certain moments of less resource or more challenge. And as you might imagine, when one of those core limiting beliefs is in operation, then we tend to engage a whole network of behaviors and thoughts and perceptions that are circular and that create more suffering for ourselves and others. So each of those beliefs has with it associated a network of reactivity. And so you can look on any place in a given network of reactivity or resistance to find a place where you're creating suffering. And in any one of those places, you could intervene with yourself. You could do something different. In a given moment, you could make a choice. Becoming aware, of course, is a first step. Becoming aware. And there's lots of ways to increase that awareness. A willingness to reflect in a regular way. Whether you do that on your own, simply sitting quietly and thinking through the day, noticing moments of tension, moments when you are disconnected from yourself or someone else and asking yourself the question, hmm, what was I telling myself in that moment? What was I thinking or believing or doing? How was I holding my body? What decisions was I making? You might have a particular question to ask yourself that opens the door for you for awareness, depending on what kind of awareness you've cultivated the most of. If you cultivated a lot of physical awareness, then you might look more at symptoms from your body of resistance. If you've cultivated a lot of mental awareness, 
you might examine your thinking more, your judgments, your thoughts, your predictions, your evaluations, and such. If you've cultivated more emotional awareness, you might examine feelings, emotions, to notice places of suffering and to get to the underlying core limiting belief. If you've cultivated energetic awareness, then you might look at moments when your energy seemed to be listless or low or heavy or erratic. So those are some things you could do on your own. You might also examine suffering, reflect on suffering with someone else. An empathy buddy, a therapist, a support group, a process group. Multiple avenues. Okay, let's look at the third thing. Huge category of strategies and skills that support transformation, that support you living from the truth of who you are in your relationships with yourself and with others. Maintaining this consciousness that serves life. For me, I'm very grounded in the truth that I am a great and powerful spirit having this human adventure and that I am made in love from love, held in love. I feel very clear about that. And if some part of you resists that notion, then just go to the experiential. That's your refuge. The experiential is your refuge. For example, we could say that beliefs are experiential. Whether you, you could say, well, I believe something because such and such told me. Or, and you could also say, I choose to believe something because when I believe in that particular way, I'm happier. I live for more joy. I live a more expansive life. So beliefs can be very practical in that way. So when I say a consciousness that serves life, or when I say living your relationships from a spiritual perspective, I'm inviting you to ask this question. How do I orient myself in a way that truly contributes to a sense of love and joy and gratitude for myself and others? So choosing what to believe, I would say, is a fundamental strategy for transformation. I call beliefs that, beliefs that serve life expansive beliefs. And of course, choosing 
an expansive belief one time is great. And for transformation to continue, there's to choose it over and over and over and over and over again to return and return and return and return. I choose to believe. And then know what that is for you. What are you choosing? How do you say that to yourself? Or if you're not a very verbal person, how do you see it? How do you feel it? How do you express it in your body? That expansive belief. And another incredibly important and foundational skill is caring for this body in a regular way. Your body is a beautiful gift from the universe. It is your vehicle for transformation and growth as a spirit. It is your vehicle for expression of joy and love and gratitude while you're here, being human on planet Earth. And it needs your care to do its job, to serve life. It needs your incredible attention and care. Adequate sleep, nutritious food, movement, fresh air. To the extent that you can access these things, your body thrives. And moment by moment, your body thrives and is a wonderful vessel for you when it is in balance, when it is in harmony. And we have in this decade an incredible amount of information about maintaining physiological regulation, maintaining balance. We use the word regulation. Polyvagal theory and so much research on trauma has helped us to understand the incredible importance of regulation. And the beautiful thing about it is that you can do it instantaneously. The moment you remember, ah, I can regulate. Any moment I can regulate by taking a breath slowly in and out. I can regulate by tapping my sternum right at the top there. It's a regulation strategy. It has a physiological effect. I can regulate by orienting to my environment, listening to sounds. Right now, autumn is coming and I can feel the sound, I can hear the sound of the leaves blowing in the trees. For me, that's an incredibly soothing sound. It immediately contributes to regulation. If you can look outside or if you can go outside and just enjoy something in nature, even for a moment, look up at the trees, at the sky, that contributes to regulation. Your body naturally relaxes when you orient 
to your environment, especially if you orient to something that's pleasant for you. Stretching is a regulation strategy. Just being at your desk and putting your hands above your head and pulling each hand to stretch your arms out. Move your neck, right? In any given moment, you can do that. It's easy to do. On my web website, wiseheartpdx.org, I have a handout for you with listing a number of regulation strategies that you can download and keep. Maybe keep with you wherever you go. I encourage you to choose a regulation strategy and just commit to it for the week. Commit to doing it several times a day. One that you really enjoy. Choosing one of the strategies I just named or something from the handout. We have these phones now that can remind us of all kinds of things. Set yourself up for success and put a reminder in your phone. And of course, the last thing I'll name with strategies and skills, when we teach at Wiseheart the nine foundations of cultivating an integrated sense of self arising from the intention to be connected to life, and the 12 relationship competencies, each with six specific and doable skills. And so you can choose from the system of mindful, compassionate dialogue, a particular skill you want to cultivate, empathy, appreciation, relationship repair. And we have available for you on our YouTube channel and on the website some places to begin that are easy to access and free to you, resources for you to use. But perhaps the most important thing is for you to continue to ask the question of yourself. What skill, what strategy, what way do I have or do I already have or do I want to learn that helps me maintain a consciousness that serves life, that helps me remember who I am. It helps me to stay connected. Just that. Just that question is a lot already. It's very empowering already. One of the most important skills we can have in life is to ask an empowering question. Hmm. Thank you so much for being with me here today. I'm imagining a network of light connecting us. And I'm radiating love from my heart to yours. See you next time. You can find free resources and information about Wise Heart's live offerings and self-paced workshops online at www.wiseheartpdx.org.
You can also connect with Wise Heart on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, or by emailing info at wiseheartpdx.org.